that was part of why I wrote that book. Cause I think people get stuck in a single family, you know, small time mindset when there's just so much more value when you jump into multifamily and it can be done. You don't have to be rich. You know, this allows the, the average person to get into a deal, partner with three or four other people and really get after something. Welcome to the real estate life podcast, where we create a life of passive income through real estate and doing what we love. In this episode, we have Ismael Reyes, who has been actively investing in residential real estate since 2005 and has focused exclusively in multifamily since 2016. Ismael will be sharing his story from how he got started without having a mentor to taking the leap from single family to multifamilies. We will also talk about the Augusta deal that he recently closed and a crucial lesson Ismael learned about rushing deals. All this and much more up next. Real estate investing is changing but there are people evolving and thriving. In this podcast, we'll listen to their stories and hopefully learn from them. I am dedicated to creating a life where I could create multiple passive income and doing something I love along the way. To me, the most important part is doing significant work and create great relationships along the way. For those that want to invest in passive income multifamilies, email me at abio.com. My name is Abel Ballesteros. I am a real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I want to help you live the real estate life. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. So welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. So on this podcast, we are dedicated to creating a life of passive income through real estate and doing something that we love along the way. Today on the show, we have Ismael Reyes. Uh, he has been an active investor in the residential space since 2005 and in 2016, he started focusing heavily into the multifamily. Uh, he is, he owns and manages 599 units throughout different states. He's in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee. Love all the states that you're in. Uh, and he also has written a book that's called the bottom line up from about passively investing in multifamily properties. Now, Ismael also comes from a military background. He was a lieutenant in the U.S. Army for 28 years. And Ismael, I want to thank you for your service also. Um, and we're going to elaborate on that because that's a very interesting background, how you went from the military and now you're a full-time multifamily investor. A lot to talk about, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Abiel. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. So I, I know that um, uh, prior to we got onto this recording, uh, we talked about um, how you discovered this business in 2005 and tell me how, how did you discover it and what is it that attracted you to this business? Yeah, no, I, I tell you, I'm the, I'm the kid who, whose favorite game is Monopoly, right? I, uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's just one of those things I was kind of born with. Um, and of course that's what one's a game, but it, it uh, you know, if, if you sort of translate that and kind of go into real life with that, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. I, you know, there's other games that are very good. Uh, the cash flow, cash flow game is very good, and it teaches us about how to get out of these these mindsets that you you can't do certain things. And so, for me, it was it was something I always wanted to do. Is one of my passions. My other passion, obviously, like you mentioned, was the military. I retired, you know, after 28 years as a lieutenant colonel, and uh, you know, it, it's just been great. I just I had to make a decision. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd served my country for a long time, and I had this other thing that I really wanted to, to get at. And I'd started as a single family guy, like you mentioned, but I really, really want to turn it on and do it as a, as a, as a full time, uh, you know, way forward, jumping out of the military and into that. So that's kind of where I'm at. 
When you got into the single family space, did you go in as a broker or you just went straight into investing into single family? Straight into investing. So like, like it happens to a lot of folks, not just military, but in my case, that's kind of how we, how we get a lot of people get started. You become an accidental landlord, landlord because you, you get moved somewhere and you have an option of living on post or you have an option of renting off post or buying off post. And the military actually gives you uh, uh, what's called a basic allowance for housing. It's basically money for you to pay rent or buy. And so a lot of people want to just rent, but you know, not, you know, you're paying somebody else's future when you rent. And so what we did is we bought in a lot of the places that we lived in wherever we could. And, and then when you get moved after two to three years, you have a decision to make. Some people sell, some people can't sell, then they're stuck because now that property is doing something there and Very they're not common. with it, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. So that's kind of how, how I got started early on. And, but, but it became more purposeful the more I went. Um, you know, I actually, you know, when I started in 2005, I was actually already looking at investment properties, certainly not, you know, 100 unit properties, but, you know, two are looking at duplexes, triplexes, trying to, trying to build from there, like a lot of people do. Now, in, 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 the, in, the, in the military, in the, in the culture where you were there in 28 years, did you have mentors in the military that would advise you on how to invest in real estate? Is that something that it's in your industry or, or not really? You know, that's a great question. Um, I didn't know of anyone. I mean, I, I didn't know of anyone. But as I started digging in, uh, there are some very good Facebook groups. I run a Facebook group for veterans. Uh, there's another uh, uh, partner that I work with. Um, it, uh, or I say a colleague, because we haven't partnered on any specific deal yet, but Eric Upchurch has another program. It's called ADPI, Active Duty Passive Income. And there are others like that where you can really latch on if you're looking for it. But <clears throat> it's not something that, you know, that, that is, is very prevalent. I'm trying to actually break into that a little bit more and get the word out. And that was part of why I wrote that book, because I think people get stuck in a single family, you know, small time mindset when there's just so much more, uh, you know, value when you jump into multifamily and it can be done. You don't have to be rich. You don't, you know, this, 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 this uh, allows the, the average person to get into a deal, partner with three or four other people and really get after something. And you know that better than I can, that I do. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you a hundred percent. And, you know, not to say that I would change anything from my past of what I went through the residential space, because the lessons and the tools that I learned there, is one of the reasons I have my successes in multifamilies. I, I picked up a lot of tricks in the trade, bumped my head a lot of times in that business and learned a lot about rehabs because ultimately uh, an apartment interior renovations are very similar to a single family renovation. It mm-hmm. just might be a smaller space. So you, you do pick up some things along the way. Um, now, um, uh, it's really interesting that you discovered a niche because you saw the opportunity in the military culture where where a lot of uh, your colleagues weren't getting the education to invest in real estate the right way. And that's where you found the opportunity to put this book. To, is this book more directed to, to, your, to the military uh, or, or is, it, is it for anyone out there to read? It, it, go, it is, is a book that, is, um, that can be read by anyone, not just the military. But the book itself, initial target was you know, really focusing on the military. And when you look at that term bluff, that doesn't mean a lot to people unless you're in the military. In the military, that's one of the first things, first acronyms you learn, because that's when you're dealing with leadership, you know, you know, whatever your superior officer or superior NCO, you have X amount of time to provide them an update. And so a lot of times they just want the bottom line. Tell me, 
Give me a summary. And then if I want details, I'll get you details. And that's what this book is. This isn't a, you know, everything you need to know about real estate and how to do multifamily syndications. It's kind of a, you know, a, an outline of how you can do it. And if you want to dig in deep, there are other books. And I encourage people to call me and get a hold of me and to really dig in, in on some topics. And we do. So, the, yeah, so you basically, you know, this is straight to the point. I'm yeah. not here to give you too many stories. This is what exactly you need to do. This is where you need to go and find your research and learn. I, I, I like that. I like that because, I mean, some of these real estate books are just, they're massive. And uh, so there, there is a lot of fluff or bluff, whatever you want to call it, but there is. I agree with you on that. Now, um, what made you take that leap from single family space and you had that aha moment? Ah, oh, man, I need to jump into multifamilies. When, when did this happen? What deal did it to you that you were like, I'm over it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, we were overseas. Um, I think we were in Mexico at the time. This is uh, about 2000. I want to say 2010. That's kind of when I first like, you know, this isn't going to work. You were overseas. My family, we're, we're working out of the embassy there. Uh, by the way, if you haven't gone to Mexico City, it's you got to go. It's, it's not like people think like the border. It's just a whole different, a whole different place. And what, what are the best culinary experiences I've had? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No, it's I encourage people. I mean, yeah, you got to be careful where you're at. But if you've got some, uh, you know, you, some people there or, or at least you go through a, a tour guide, they'll keep you they'll keep you out of places where you shouldn't be. But beautiful city. And anyway, we were there and we started getting calls, uh, you know, from uh, a property manager about a, a property that we we had, uh, you know, one of our properties and the tenant was giving them trouble. A tenant was trying to get out of the deal. Um, and the OK, so we're working through that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm providing the landlord some guidance about how to go through that. First of all, we're getting calls really late. And I'm like, Jesus, this is why I have a landlord. That's the first thing I was thinking. But, you know, so we're getting calls, you know, and I'm trying to juggle work and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, this, this isn't right. So finally, what really, really, really threw me over is the, the property manager actually quit. So it, it was, and it wasn't even oh, difficult. It was something deck. silly, but they just didn't want to deal with it. I mean, yeah. and they did and they quit. And so now my wife is not happy with me. She's having to basically do some, you know, overseas landlording. We're having to juggle, you know, our jobs and everything else going on. And, and I'm, I'm dealing with host nation, country, military and doing exercises. I don't have time for that, but here we are stressing with that. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. And, and a lot of people think that, hey, I'll just hire a property manager and all my problems are solved. Well, no. guess what? That property manager doesn't always have your best interest in mind. They don't care about your bottom line. That's not that they worry about their bottom line. You got to manage the manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's when I, that it, it just clicked. I was like, this is, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. And what was your first acquisition in the multifamily space? So my first, I was a passive investor on a couple of deals, a portfolio deal. It was around 2017. I'd started looking at, you know, the multifamily space and syndications right around 2016. But it took me a little bit to kind of get my, my head around it and the timing to be right. I was just about to go overseas. Uh, and I decided, okay, if I'm going to continue to invest, because at that time I was doing, I had my single family, but I also had, I was actually also uh, lending money. I had a partner that I did basically hard money loans for uh, fix and flippers. So we had that thing going on. 
Um, I had my single family stuff going on. And then I was like, when, okay, this is maybe a good opportunity because I'm about to go overseas again. And the last time I was overseas, it, it wasn't a good experience trying to manage all this, this madness. So, um, yeah, so I, I went overseas. I was in El Salvador for two years. And right about the time that I got there, I already had an idea of what I was going to do and who I was going to work with. And uh, we closed on something. And so those two passive deals were really my first. And for me, it was more, it wasn't so much that I was afraid of the multifamily space. It's just that I wanted to understand some of the inside, kind of behind the curtain. And those passive investments gave me an opportunity to sort of buy into a network and sort of start working my way around in there and oh, figuring not. out the terminology and everything else. So you went you went into a syndication deal first as a passive investor? Yes. yes. How was your experience that I mean, it was good. I mean, so I, I tell people all the time when I talk to them, is like, there's two ways you can do this. One, you know a, a syndicator and you like that, you trust that individual, you like them, and you're going to go wherever they take you. Here's a deal and wherever. Okay, I trust you. You tell me it's a good deal. Great. I wanted to do it a little bit different because my my end goal was to be on the active side. So I couldn't just take somebody's word no matter how good it was. I wanted to understand why. So I picked my locations um, first. First and foremost, I have my criteria, just like if you're doing a single family, a little bit different than how you kind of approach it. And obviously underwriting, there's some nuances, but ultimately you, you pick your location before you start looking at properties. And once I had those, those areas in mind where I was comfortable investing in, then I started looking for operators, syndicators that were working in that space. And once I got someone that I trusted, that I was able to see what they were doing and, and I had a good feeling about it, had a chance to talk to and vet, we were able to get on a deal because I already knew that area in general terms, right? I wasn't there. I didn't get a chance to scout it, but I had the kind of the lay of the land. The location. So for you, first, foremost, the location was the most important thing. So yes, because you was that a Florida deal? This was not. This was actually a Memphis deal. Memphis, Memphis, market. Memphis. Yep. Love Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. We we just purchased uh, a property forty five minutes north of Memphis. Love that nice. market. Would like, like to continue investing there. Uh, it's like uh, it's. I wouldn't say it's a secret anymore, but um, there's a lot of traffic going into Memphis. A lot of money going in there. Um, okay, so. That, so you went through the syndication route, but you had your specific criteria. I like that you said that you kind of screened the operator because the operator or a syndicator is really crucial to the performance of your property. I, it, I always say that you can have an amazing property, but if your operator is not good, they could ruin that property. So it's really important. And that's hard sometimes. It's hard to, to interview if you're not in the business and trust an operator if you're not getting a reference or someone's recommending you or giving you some experience, great experience that they've had with that operator. So that's how you got in. And then you learned the steps and the process through that operator. I guess he gave you some guidance. You, when you invested with him, you, did you tell him up front, I want to learn? As Absolutely. And he that, was, okay that, was that. that was it. I said, listen, I, I got that's money. The only way. That, but but this is what I this is my end goal, and I just you know I'm going to be that 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 investor who's going to be asking questions. Not everybody wants to deal with those investors, right? They no, they want they the don't, uh, don't, a don't, high net worth person that doesn't ask any questions and just you know they they're getting their checks and that's great. But I, I was very upfront uh, that this is my goal, and he he had that personality where like like me. Come here, man. We'll work together. I'd love That's to, cool. you know, talk to you about it. And you know, and he was giving me something. And uh, yeah, you can buy into a network by, you know, getting into different. Uh, you know, th there's these programs that you can get in. It's like a mentorship program, and they're formal. Yeah. And there's a cost. 
or there's the way that I did it, where you buy into an investment That's with the right good. operator that can give you some of that same stuff. And oh, by the way, you're getting a little bit of return on top of that. Yes, yeah, so you're getting a lesson and making money back. Yep. So yeah, I, I like that approach. I, I get called a lot from investors to, to go through the process that way. Um, and we've actually have done that. I've done that in the past in my career. And in the beginning, they're very edgy and they're asking a lot of questions. As, as the deal starts flowing, it starts becoming easier. They start understanding it. And in fact, some of these investors, I've seen them grow and do their own thing. And, and I've seen some of them saying, like, you know what? I want to go into a smaller space, those big apartments. We want to be more hands-on a smaller project. So they, they, it evolves, which is the beauty of this business. Yeah. Now, Ismail, I want to talk about this deal that you got in Augusta, Georgia, uh, 104 units. Mind you, I've been dying to buy a deal there. I've gone outbid it a few times. Um, I think I might even put an offer on this deal. I'm not, I don't remember, but I, I'm glad you got this deal. It's a great city you invested in. Second largest city in Georgia. I love the demographics. I love the economic growth that it has. It's, and it's actually a cool town. I've been to it a few times. I love the vibe. I love the energy of that city. So tell me about this 104 deal. How did you discover it? How did this deal land in front of you? Yeah, no, that's great. So part of part of this business is about who you partner with. And um, like I said, I bought into a network. Well, well, part of what I was doing is working with people that were hitting the ground that had, you know, essentially what we call boots on the ground presence in the cities um, and that they can go in and, and be that that second eye to manage the property manager, as, as we talked about. And so they brought up a deal and say, hey, this this looks interesting. It was a you know, and simply when you start working these these places for a while, you get you get a good idea of a price per unit and what is what is in the realm of good versus ah, that sounds a little bit pricey to me without even really going into any of the details. You just kind of know. And that one was one where the numbers, you know, you just had to tell me what it was going for about a unit. And it was like, okay, let's look at that one. You know, there's something here. So what was the price you paid for this property? I, it was 5.7. I think we were at, uh, we were about 55 a unit. Um, and what was your and average rents going into the deal? We were just, just under $600. Oh, all classic. No, I mean, that's the thing too, that, you know, you get into some of these deals and, you know, there's barely any, any, any bone left, you know, they oh, call man. it a value add deal, but everything's oh, been value God. added. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know you're, you're in Broward, right? It's, I'm actually in Orlando. You're in Orlando. I yeah. mean, the numbers that we see here is like, <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, it's 150 a door and the rents are 1300. <laughs> it's complete opposite. So I, I get, now I see what you saw the opportunity and what value, how much bump up of rents you knew you could get by doing what type of value add. I want the listeners to know through your eyes, when you saw these classic units, what you identified with your team, guys, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to add to get what rent. Yeah, no, and it's a great it's question. It's that simple. That, that's the thing about this business that I, sometimes I explain to people. It's not rocket science, man. That's one of the things I love about it. It's sometimes it's just simple things and just having the money and having the, the, the discipline to execute your game plan. So what is it that you saw that you said, we can execute this, we're going to hit this rent, it's a home run. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we saw was, you know, there, there's a couple of ways to add value to a value add. The easiest is when your, your market rents are much higher than your, your current rents. This is not like, hey, I fixed something, therefore I'm going to raise the price. This is like somebody hasn't been paying it. attention yeah. or, or really 
in a lot of cases, they, you know, the owners have had these for so long that they're already making money. They, they're already not, they, they don't, they, that hundred extra hundred dollars is like, eh, that's a lot of work. But no, when you get these things and you can bump rents, this is the first thing, bump rents 150 a door for just pure classic and not, not doing anything else. You were able that's, to do that. That's, that's what we were able to do. And in, fr- in fact, Ooh. we did our, when we underwrote this, we were thinking that we were going to hit, you know, our, our year three rents is about how long it was going to take to get us. It's like year two, year two, two and a half. It was going to take us that long to get to where we are now. Now we've had that property. We haven't even had it six months and we're already at, at our figures for the end of year two for rents. Uh, and that's just for the classic units. And so the what we did in this case, I mentioned that this property was all classic. But what our plan was, was to do a small sample and renovate 20 of those by one fifth the of them. And then you have self-comping for another person that can come in and go, hey, listen, you, you don't have to work so hard to figure out what the rents are. Here they are right here in my T12. They're right there. And so so it's a bridge. Uh, but our plan probably isn't to isn't to uh, refi. It's to sell. It's a hundred unit. It's a good C, but it's still a C. We're kind of wanting to edge up into B class if we can, uh, and so it's just a great opportunity to to kind of hit the market right where it needs to be hit. So we're excited right now. We just got to hold it so we don't have the the short term capital gains. You know, we want to get over yeah. that twelve month mark. Yeah, yeah, of course. So <laughs> I, I, uh, you just you just explained a strategy in the business that I, I want to go into detail, and I want I want listeners to hear this strategy. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of strategies to to buying and executing a multifamily. One is the long-term holders, the ones that want to go 10 years. Uh, the other one that's very popular in the syndication is five years buy, create value, refinance, get your equity out, stay with the deal. Your strategy was proof of concept. You said we're going to show you guys that through strong management, being relentless, we could get these classic units 150 bucks up not spending much in the units, executing repairs. I'm pretty sure there was a, a lot of repairs when you got that. And then getting those repairs done, keeping the tenants happy. Some of these tenants, they'll, they'll pay the bump up, but just take care of their stuff. Fix my AC, put me a new AC unit, fix the league. You know, they, that's what they want. They don't they don't want to move. So they'll, that's something that we see a lot of the visit. And then you said, let me create the business for somebody else to see that they could actually do this. Here's 20 units. This is what we did with 20 units. You could do the same with the remaining units. This is the value we created. Buy this from us. That I love that. I love that's a flipper in the multifamily. Um, it's I see it a lot. It's very popular. I buy properties from from investors who do that um, because it's true. Now I'm not second guessing. Uh, I'm not second guessing if I'm going to be able to get the 80% of those units up and rent. You just did it for me. Proof of concept. Now I feel more comfortable paying an extra extra couple a couple bucks for that concept that you already proved to me. So I get what you're doing. I like that. Um, for those investors, because there's there's something that happens in the business a lot. And I, and I say this out of my own experiences, and I hear a lot of other syndicators that are friends of mine, and we talk about it. Not everyone has the luxury when you're full-time in the business to sit back and wait five years to get a big payday. Sometimes you want you, you want to double up and start doubling up your equity and your money. So you want to do these flips every two years or every year and a half. A lot of investors are like, oh, I got to wait five years to get that big payday. No, you got to actually get that payday with that concept of yours. Reinvest that money in a 1031. You do a couple of those a year, you're balling, man. You're making good money. So I get that business model. I like it. 
I do like it. Is Ismail, is there is there a, a deal that Augusta deal? So you plan to go on the market in this Augusta deal soon? Well, we gotta wait. Right now, six months in, we, we gotta wait oh, yeah, at least another run. six months yeah. so we can get off the out of the short-term capital gains. But yeah, we we uh, you know, obviously the bridge has a little cost. If you get under it was a two plus one, a two-year bridge with a one-year option. So we're gonna pay a little bit. But I, we're going to more than make it up by just the number, the, the sheer, the sheer price point. I think uh, it's exciting to to be able to do that. And, and I think the most important thing, and and you you mentioned it, I, you know, they didn't have a functioning laundry in that in that community. Um, it was just a, it was I don't know. I, we were thinking, you know, and I don't know how some operators are able to you know keep things like that. It's kind of it was a little bit depressing to, to it's an opportunity certainly, but for, for tenants, I'm like, geez, no wonder the rents are so low. They're, you know, they're, they're not really taking care of their people. And I mean, they, we've had comments um, recently that people were so excited with just a laundry room. They had to go two miles down the road and pay twice as much to get their laundry done. So there's a hundred unit facility without a laundry, uh, you know, hundred unit, a uh, unit yeah. Uh, yeah. apartment without yeah. a laundry facility. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, how can you do that? And by adding that laundry facility, we're actually adding income. With this, it's the crazy part, right? It's like yeah. so we're providing a service, we're improving tenants' lives, the, the the way that they live. These are their homes, and yet we're able to you know also turn uh, turn these around and, and make some income because uh, I think those are the best ways when you have a win win situation. Uh, nobody wants to be a slumlord. At least I don't. No, no, definitely not. Uh, and to to say. In the Class E sector, there is a lot of opportunities like that. Uh, the business is competitive. There's no, there is no questioning that. But that, those niches and those things you just mentioned, I see them all the time. There's a lot of opportunities for just someone to come in and just clean things up, do the right thing for the for the tenants, and you will get that value back. Also, like we mentioned, there's a lot of owners that they're just they 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 got the equity out. They're ready to go. They're tired. Um, sometimes this business takes a toll on you, especially for the self-managing owners. I see that a lot. Self-managing, they've been self-managing 100, 200 units between them and their family, and they get tired. And they'll let somebody else come in with fresh energy and 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 money to to, to spruce these things up. So that's how you saw that opportunity. Now. Ismael, uh, I, I want, I want, I want you to share an experience. So, you know, we we all we all talk about great deals and experience, but share with us an experience that was very difficult for you, and it was a a lesson that you learned in real estate that you had to resolve it and how you resolved the issue. So what? So what? So we can learn from mistakes and and how you resolved it. Yeah, no, good question. I, I got. I tell you that this one sticks sticks with me for a long time. It, you know, this is right around that 2005 when I really started to, Ooh, to get well, involved. You see that number? I'm like, ah. Yeah, when I, when I started getting involved with 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 in that in my case, it was duplexes and triplexes. You know, for most people, that sounds like multifamily. We know that you know anything five plus is considered multi, but for me, that was a step up from home. And so we, we were, we were looking at this property. This was in San Antonio. I had just gotten back from overseas. Um, they'd given me a little bit of time off, you know, from, from uh, being a year overseas. And I'm like, okay, I got, I got money in my pocket. I want to invest. This is it. I got my, I got my window of time to do it. And I was in such a rush to, I knew the market, San Antonio's great market. It, it doesn't go up and down like, like some markets, but Very it's a steady good. incline. And, and I like that. As, you know, people want that stable income and not some of the, the madness you can get in other markets 
that can, can jump and, you know, you know, a lot. And so, so I looked at the market. I liked it. I said, okay, this is, this is where I want to buy. But where I made my make was because I had this window of time is I rushed my due diligence and, uh, and we made this, we made this, this rough air with the due diligence. This was a property. It was a, a, a almost three quarters of an acre lot. Uh, and it had a single family home on it. Uh, and it had a three, two trailer on it. You know, it was kind of, it was on a pad. Um, you know, it, it, it was not like, you know, what you would think is some, you know, mobile home rough looking. It was just a, it almost looked like a manufactured home because it had the skirts. But in my mind, I was looking at the numbers and going, man, this pencil's beautiful, you know, and I don't remember yeah. what the numbers were, but it yeah. made all the sense in the world. Yeah, cash flow so popping up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was like, okay, this is a done deal. Where I made my mistake was the property had a septic system. And so I didn't get a separate septic inspection. We did a, a regular inspection uh, and, you know, it was checked off. This is fantastic, great condition. But the septic was not. It was almost full. They hadn't drained it. Um, and it, 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 it essentially it failed because you had too, mu too much going into that system. Well, this was about maybe two, three uh, months after we bought it. It wasn't even that long. I didn't get a chance to cash flow. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it fails. And we're like, okay, well, we got to get this thing fixed. Okay, it's a, I didn't expect it, but we got to get fixed. Well, here's the second problem. The city that we were in was no longer allowing that septic system in that area. Uh, they wanted a particular septic system, which is an aerobic system because it's a little bit of an incline. So they didn't want, they, they, you couldn't put a normal septic in there. You just couldn't do you know, a hole, empty it. No, it, it had to be a separate system. And that system requires you to have, you know, some separation between your residents and where the, 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 basically the sprinklers of the septic system push out the, the, the water, the treated but sewage water that rolls downhill a little bit. So guess what? I couldn't have that that uh, that three two manufactured home or oh, mobile home. I couldn't have it there anymore. I had to get oh, rid of it. So now I'm sitting with a an empty mobile home because, of course, you know, at that point I had to do something with it. So we, we emptied it out, uh, couldn't get it fixed. So what do we do? So, yeah, essentially what our, our solution was. You know, I'm starting to get work, uh, get, having to go back to work. What we had to do is we had to basically trade someone to install a, an aerobic septic system on the property in exchange for removing the mobile home part, you know, the, tra the, 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 the mobile home, because I don't have a trailer. I'm, that's not me. I'm like, what the hell You're am I going to use it? this damn trailer that I can't <laughs> even rent anymore? So you traded um, the trailer for the for the... For the aerobic system and, and basically for them to that was move actually it out. a good idea though it was not a bad idea now my cash flow went out the window oh, I, yeah, I was, yeah, it was most most years i was just under black you know because the because yeah. it was a great area and it was surging and so that yeah. single family home kept it kind of going and, and honestly in that in that time i it was not an issue of of needing me needing a lot of money because i'm 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 in the military i'm an officer so it's it wasn't that bad that i couldn't sustain it and it was great for taxes because i was always showing a loss that I will recoup. But in essence, you know, I just got, kind of stayed right above water until I sold it. It sold well. I recovered a little bit then. Um, but, but still, it, it was just one of those situations. And so the lesson learned for me is, you know, when you get into, first of all, rushing is never a good idea when you're trying to do something you haven't done before. Uh, and that was kind of new to me having to, you know, go in and look at a property with a septic system versus a normal you know, city water uh, uh, setup. And so we rushed that, 
we jacked it up. I paid the price. And so now whenever we get into a situation uh, that I'm not comfortable with, I just know automatically, okay, I got to pause because this is where the error is happening, where you can really lose money when you're, when you're, when you're going in blind. Uh, I'm not saying don't take risks. I'm saying do risk mitigation. And that means you pause and you educate yourself and you ask the right questions. And you know, if the deal is not meant for you, you know, don't do it because if you could make that mistake, that's I, I say that's my biggest story that I've learned. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'll think that um, also I see that mistake. Be, I've made a very similar mistake to yours, not doing an inspection and on not sticking a camera down a single family home and not inspecting the, the plumbing and mm -hmm. find out that the cast iron is all rotten. So, you know, down here in South Florida, cast iron is not, it's just it's there's too much water. Uh, in the soil of, uh, of Florida. So you've got to always stick cameras when you're buying single families down here or any property, the cast iron goes very quickly. And I made that similar mistake. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't inspect the pipes on the ground and it cost me $40,000. It was, it was a high end property. And, uh, but I had to give a credit at the end of the sale, still made a profit, but th that hurt, that hurt. Cause I remodeled that whole house. I would have fixed that myself. But, you know, so I get that. So the lesson of the story is you got to spend some money doing inspections, too. Yeah, you got to, you know, but I do agree. Sometimes you got to slow down. You're in a hurry. The deal's happening fast. You're getting pressure from everyone. Your inspection period is shrinking. So you start to make certain decisions. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that one. Um, Ismael, man, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. you. You gave us a lot of education, a lot of uh, tips in the business and um, I love what you're doing over there in Augusta and what you're doing for the military and you're educating in, in your culture. And, and that's what we need. We need more educationists. I am a true believer that our business should be at some day in public schools. Uh, they should teach yeah. cash flow. They should teach multifamilies, investing in real estate. It doesn't have to be multifamilies. It could be just the business in general should be taught very early in school. Uh, instead of people finding out the hard way as they get older. Uh, yeah. Hopefully one day it will be a curriculum. Ismael, um, how can a listener get in touch with you and learn more about you and what you're doing in your business? Yeah, the easiest way is through my website, uh, www.mirealestate.us. Uh, mirealestate.us. And from there, all my social media links and everything is there. And happy to entertain any questions from any listeners. And where can they find your book? Uh, so the book is on Amazon. Uh, if you type bluff and you just put my name, uh, bluff that. Reyes, B-L-U-F Reyes, it'll pop up. Uh, yeah, I, we get a lot of people that are reading it. Um, it, it was not meant to be like a thing that made money, but I'm still getting people to buy it. So that's always a good, a, a very good sign. And I'm excited because it was actually a book that made uh, Amazon's list for, you know, for, for, it wasn't real estate. It was, uh, some education. I can't remember the actual category, awesome. but it had to do with education versus, you know, how to be a millionaire in, re in real estate or something like that, that's where awesome. it's like, okay, that's just a pitch book. So I was excited about that. And yeah, man, I, it's, it's just good to be able to pass the word and hope some of these younger, these younger folks, you know, uh, continue to get, uh, you know, the, the right guidance from people like yourselves, man, just yeah. getting them, yeah. getting them to take those right actions. Cause Time is short, and you know you, yeah. you're wasting time with single family. I tell them it's a good start, <laughs> but once you got once you get going, yeah. figure figure out how to transition because you have X amount of time to do a deal. You can do a one unit, 
or you can do a hundred units and it takes right. roughly the same amount of time. And same actually there's more energy. competition on a single family because everybody wants to buy one. Uh, so that's, it, it's even harder to find a deal. I agree. I agree. He's my man. Thank you for your time. I'm glad uh, that we did this podcast and I'm pretty sure there's going to be some people hitting you up. And thank you. I'll see you around. Thank you. Take care. Everybody. All right. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, please go to my website, www.ablbiesteros.com.